Hey, longtime listeners. This is Shades here to tell you about our brand new Patreon. Guys, we love doing this show. We'll keep doing it as long as you keep listening. But can you help us cover the cost of our audio hosting? You can help us out with support to the show for as little as $1 a month. At $5, you'll unlock some exclusive content and rewards. The first one's up there right now. You can help choose the next batch of episodes. You can find it at patreon.com slash shades and sketch. We thank you in advance. Now on with this week's episode. Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking, Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. Welcome back, longtime listeners. Every time you join us, we're coming to you from a different corner of the multiverse, from our GoCo, our Geeking Out command outpost. Yes, yes. Luckily, uh, as you, if you've tuned in before, you know the Geeking Out uh, command outpost can travel through time. And space. And space. Uh, so we and have... Uh, we've, up ways and down ways and diagonal ways. And every way in between. Yeah. And uh, this, this, uh, this week, we've, we've traveled into the future. Not exactly sure when. It's it's a little timey-wimey. Is it 2263? Could be 2257. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but it's roughly 22-something. Yeah. Roughly 300 years in the future from when the opening of this movie begins. And the Earth is enjoying a time of unprecedented grunginess <laughs> and just... Everyone seems happy, yeah. but it's gross. It is. It is gross. It is gross. If we're talking about a movie in the distant future where everything is just gross, yeah. we must be talking about the, the fifth, fifth element. element. What is the fifth element, you ask? You got to listen to find out. Oh, yeah, out. you got to listen to find I thought, I thought uh, you were about to tell me. Sketch, do we have a theme song? Do we have a theme song this I don't week? know. You should just pump in some Earth, Wind, and Fire. Right here, just like a little clip of Earth, Wind, and Fire. I can do that. Perfect. All right, guys, and so if we're talking uh, Fifth Element, we are uh, obviously going to spoil uh, the 1997? 1997. Cinematic release of Fifth Element. Luke Benson's, Benson. Benson? Benson? Yeah. Sure. Luke Benson's uh, sci-fi epic. You know what's nice about this is that it's just the Fifth Element. One movie? We don't have to, we don't have to spoil <laughs> the whole series. <laughs> Uh, or anything. It's just one. We didn't nice have to watch seventy-eight oh episodes of the cartoon. Oh my or, gosh! Or four consecutive movies. movies, or like, or like DVD special directors commentary <laughs> releases. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just and one solid two-hour movie from start to finish. Yeah, and guys, so much fun. This movie's so fun. This movie is great. I had fun watching this movie sketch yes, i did too i was pumped to like like was that the one that suggested we yes. do this? Okay. Yeah, yeah, so i suggested we do were. it and then it was on my to watch list for like a week and a half before i got the time to watch it and all <laughs> week and a half i was like i cannot wait to sit down again and watch the watch fulfillment. fulfillment so had you'd seen it before obviously. i've seen it before i did not see it when it came out in theaters originally because okay. it came out in 97 so i would have been in seventh grade this one kind of came and went i remember 
I remember seeing advertisements and one of their big taglines was like, it's this generation Star Wars. Because that was before <laughs> Star Wars was, before the was every single generation for right. now to right, the end right. of time. Um, so yeah, it was it was right around, well, 97. So that would have been the, the years of the re-releases of Star Wars. Right. But this was supposed to be like... This generation. This generation. Star Wars. Star Wars. And um, at that point, it wasn't even in Star Wars yet. So right. this, this one came and went without me knowing. I probably didn't watch it until college for the first okay. time. And... Loved it, yeah. From the beginning, it's, it's a. It's yeah. just a, there, it's, there's so much to love. This about the movie is cocoa bananas, in every sense of the word. It is, it is so. I want to say the term "coked up," but I'm it, not right, convinced right. that there were drugs involved. Oh no! But there was everything about abnormal it. brain activity yeah. went it into is making so this movie. outlandish yes. in every respect every dial was cranked to 11 yes every single <laughs> aspect of this movie but but it it all comes together it's not a mess it all works yes it does for some reason it does it does it's like even my my rant like i i worked hard to find some rants here like and there are things to rant about there are None of them, we've said this before, a rant is something that takes, takes you out, out of the, the movie, movie or the universe, whatever. Right. Yeah. And there weren't, there were like one or two things that took me out of the movie, but mm-hmm. not egregiously. No. Not in a way that that you, it breaks you Mm-mm. from watching the rest of it. And you're nope. like, oh, it's all, it's all ruined now. Yep. Yeah, it's maybe maybe there's a moment, but you're back in. Right. You're right like, back in. Um, it's not like in an upcoming episode we're going to talk about another property. Mm-hmm. Um, should I say it? Spoiler alert, guys. Spo- we're going to spoiler- talk about another property. Uh, should I say what I'm thinking here? Sure, why not? Give um, them a chance to watch it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do Goonies uh, coming up. And Ooh, your childhood is tingling. Yeah. And there's just a moment in there where the suspense of disbelief is broken and I never get it back. And yeah. it ruined the rest of the movie for me. Well, maybe part of what's so strong about Fifth Element is that... Uh, your sense of disbelief is already stretched so thin in this movie it's that it's, it's beyond breaking yeah. point. That like pretty much at this point everything's acceptable. Uh, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. Yes, I like that rational. I mean, we're talking about if you haven't seen this movie, we are talking about obviously aliens because it takes place in space. We're talking about Westworld like, level body yeah, creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking uh, about Muppet aliens. Yes, and 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 flying cars, explosive implants in people. Um. Right? Uh, uh, Proto-conscious planets, sexed up space stewardesses, uh, uh, gender bending Chris Tucker. Could, that could be any any Chris Tucker movie, but <laughs> this one it takes it to the like, again, really to the eleventh to the uh, the nth degree. Yes, I mean, whew. and then in the middle of it, you just have Bruce Willis literally just being Bruce be, Willis, John McClane. I just I just every, wrote in my notes. I just call him McClane. Any John Bruce McClane, Willis any movie. Bruce Willis movie. It, it's just you just and I love. Bruce, I, I mean, I did I say Bruce Wayne? I think yeah, I did say did. Bruce Wayne. Um, <laughs> Any Bruce Willis movie that I've seen is just Bruce Willis doing Bruce Willis. Yeah. And in this movie, he is just surrounded by the craziest crap imaginable. <laughs> and, and it works. And it works. It and it works. works because he's our he's our anchor. Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's the one that we're like, okay, he's the one with a with a late 1990s sensibility yeah. to him. I can kind of go along with him he's in this. He's a Timex watch in a digital age. Yes, he is. Um, I said this to you right before we turned on the mics. 
because uh, we do. We, we do off, talk. Off guys, mic. we talk this off mic. This isn't a Mythbusters How podcast. hilarious it would be if oh you and I just did not say a each word other until we just didn't look at each other. Wow. And the first thing that we said to each other every time was just, oh, hello. hello. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Someday. I recognize, yeah, you know, there's plenty of time. There's going to be like a 25-year retrospective. <laughs> at, Remember at, when we used to love doing yes, this show? Yep. Now, guys, we're always going to love We're going to name it Oh, Hello. That's just go to the name of it. Guys, it'll be our it'll be our disaster artist. Spoiler alert for that coming out twenty five years of the of uh, the room. Oh hello, the skate the shades and sketch geeking out story. Yep. Um, All right. So what did you say to me before the mic? I I love Bruce Willis. Yes. In movies, yeah. I recognize that he is a human dumpster fire. Yes, you did uh, say that, <laughs> and you were complimenting well, him. <laughs> you were. You were. Like, I recognize that he is a problematic human being, yeah. but I love his everyman action hero. Like, mm -hmm. Stallone is like a roid-induced bench-pressing yes. action hero yes. who's invincible. Schwarzenegger is a cyborg-esque, yeah. like, engineered action hero. Yeah. The Rock is an HGH, yes. um, like, nigh-invulnerable action hero. Like, you believe... They're all... They're all, they're all Alien esque. They're uh, yeah. all foreign. They're Bruce all Willis not us. Is like I, Bruce Willis is the guy that lives down the street. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Bruce Willis is the guy, the curmudgeon down the street yep. that you hate to deal with, yep. but you know if shit happened in your neighborhood, yeah. he'd be the first guy out there helping you. Yeah. Even though you can't stand to have a conversation with He's him. He's the guy that if you ask to borrow his mower, you better return it promptly. Mm. Promptly. Promptly. Yes. Like, you better, like, leave half of your yard unmowed mm -hmm. and bring it back. Yep. Yep. Just so he doesn't have to come and down to your house. That's Bruce Willis. It is. It is. And I love him in this movie. He yep. is perfect for this universe. Yes. Because there's, you're right, the craziest shit yes. that could ever happen in a movie yes. is happening to Bruce Willis. And he is thoroughly unimpressed. Guys, oh, yeah. the, the protagonist of this movie literally falls out of the sky through the roof of his cab yep. and he doesn't react. Nope. It's just another day on it's the just job. It's just same day, different shit, basically. Yeah, exactly. Well, it costs him the last point on his yeah. license, No, he had right? one point left, running, point left. running from the cops cost right. him the last point. Uh, falling through the roof of his cab. Took out like five. five yeah, four. So he four, had five yeah, left. Yep. Four points on his license yep. and then running from the cops took yep. out the last one. Yep. Oh, my God. We haven't even... We haven't even gotten past the quick, first five minutes of the well, 15 quick, minutes of the movie sketch. About, quick, quick question first about 15. that cab. This isn't a big question because we haven't even technically oh started the episode God, yet. We haven't. But do all cabs in Brooklyn <laughs> in the future have a targeting <laughs> lock warning? I mean, the well, cops are about to open up fire on them and the and the the cab alerts him that like weapons lock. You get the you get the um, impression that futuristic South Brooklyn is pretty dicey. It's a rough neighborhood. Yeah. It, the cabs have to tell you if they have target lock Well, and we meet Bruce Willis, and he's being held up by, like, a junkie in his building. Yes. That's the first time we that meet Bruce Willis. the first time we meet him. Which, that whole thing would not have worked. The whole safety thing? No, 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 no. Like, it, the... Oh, how he had the... How he had the... picture was on his head. Yes. Like, that wouldn't... That wouldn't have worked. No, in reality, I don't. Because the, I don't the lens need to spoil is things the lens you. is like there's a lot through, of things in this movie that probably wouldn't work. When you look through a, a peephole on yeah, a door, you see more a, of a it's fish, a fish eye. eye. Yeah. It wouldn't. Yeah, it wouldn't yeah. work. Boy, you're taking fifth fifth element taking uh, it to task. Door lenses to task <laughs> in this episode. <laughs> um, so I saw this movie in theaters when Ooh, it came out. All right, with my grandmother. 
Um, Let me guess. Her favorite character was Ruby Rod. Ruby, my my Graham, God bless her, um, passed on. Was like we were movie hounds. Okay, she took me to see some pretty horrendous movie, like uh, John Carpenter's Vampires, and wow. she was like, "Tell me when I can look. Tell me when I can look." Uh, so this Graham, is how you've seen so many of these movies that oh, I yeah. didn't see at an early age. Grant, my Graham loved going to the movies. My pop did not like going to the movies. Okay. My grandfather. So she, um, she found a movie going, we were movie uh, partnering And yeah. we saw some pretty horrendous mm -hmm. and pretty amazing movies together. Um, I put this in the amazing category. This, Graham did not get this movie on any level. No? Um, did not enjoy it. Oh, God. I, I wish, I wish you could, like, movie. clearly remember her. Reaction? Her reactions, and but, like, her rating <laughs> to, like, any of these movies. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think they'd probably be pretty low. Yeah. Pretty low on the spectrum. So I saw this in theaters, and, um... And you immediately liked it. I did. You immediately this, recognized this, something great. Yeah. Okay. This okay. was a spe When I saw it, I knew this was a special movie. Yeah. I was a Star Trek hound. Mm -hmm. I had seen Star Wars. I had seen, uh, Sequest. I had, you know, I had seen the big sci-fi tentpoles. I had seen Terminator. And, yeah. Uh, you know... A lot of the movies that we've done on this, I've seen Ghostbusters, mm -hmm. and this was unlike anything I'd seen. Yeah. And it was, I recognized it as being pretty special. Well, you usually keep, uh, when you think of movie genres, you yeah. typically keep uh, sci-fi and fantasy epics away from an action yes. movie. Yeah. This movie oh, no. says, screw you. Oh, no. We'll do the whole thing. Yeah. We'll throw in some opera. We'll we'll throw in. We'll have F you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll uh, we'll do a space uh, Hawaiian beach. Yeah, yeah. And, and space Hawaii. Space Hawaii. We're gonna take all Hawaiians off of Earth, give oh, them their yeah. own island, give them their own uh, floating yep. cruise ship planet, and we're gonna narrate about Chris Tucker yeah. just screaming at you. <laughs> He's going to scream at you for twenty five minutes of this movie, and you are going to remember this for your life, and you're gonna love. Can it. Can I just write read my note for Ruby Rod now? Sure. Uh, Ruby Rod is the perfect metaphor to summarize the 21st century obsession with social media and neo-celebrity. He really is. It is, like, wow. I don't, you said coked up dream. Like, yeah. I don't know what kind of, like, peyote trip Luke Benson was on when he created Ruby Rod, <laughs> that he could peer into, like, 2018. He saw the writing, he saw the writing on the wall. Oh, man. We're, we? we are sprinting towards oh. Ruby Rod. We are, we're, we're there. That's the tagline of this episode, sprinting guys. Sprinting towards, towards Ruby, Ruby Rod. Ruby Rod. Um, so, so we should technically get into this. Do you want to, history first or synopsis first? Um, do the history. Do the history. Okay. Luke Benson began working on the story that became the fifth element mm -hmm. to alleviate boredom when he was 16 years old in school. That makes so much sense. It does. You say that and it all clicks into It's inspired by a lot of French cinema. And uh, French comic books. Mm -hmm. um, also inspired by the Valerian and Laureline okay. uh, series that became uh, Valerian and the World of a Thousand Planets movie yep. that came out re recently. Mm -hmm. um, the book series, the comic book series called Galaxity, okay. or sometimes in America when they're reprinted, it's um, Valerian and Laureline. Okay. Or Loreline, uh, I think the character they say in the movie. I don't know what the right pronunciation is. Have you seen that movie? I have. Is there any good? Uh, it's not as good as this, okay. which he also directed. Yeah, he wanted to create 
I heard Valerian, that he, he wanted to get the right. Yeah. And, and so he did so this. He created this story, yeah. which I think is better on better. many levels. Yeah. 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 It was it was fun, but it was not as okay. good as Fifth Element. It'll be a someday. I'll check that. So 16. Uh, it was released when he was 38. Okay. The movie came out when he was 38. By 1991, the script had grown to 400 pages. Wow. It took two directors, eight effects gurus, and the largest miniature set ever built in film, film history to create the fifth element. It began shooting in October of 1995 and was finally released on, on May 7th, 1997. Wow. So just basically a two-year shoot. Yeah. I'm trying to think what... What scene in the movie was the miniature? Um, uh, future Brooklyn. Oh wow! It was all practically done. Oh, all of the all of the the, the, the cab chase. Oh, the cab chase was all practical nice. effects. They, they had a cab. They had a police car. Mm -hmm. They filmed the way they filmed like people in them and them moving, and then they wrote a computer algorithm that would move them through the the miniature sets. That's that's really cool. It's and it looks great. It looks because fantastic. anytime that they're actually interacting with something. It's a practical car on a jig and a practical building. Well, and I thought that while I was watching it, it came out very close in time to episode one. It looks better than anything in episode yeah. one. And, and the pod you know, race. I, it blows yeah. the pod race it's, away. It's very similar. That scene in particular right. is is very similar to uh, the, the, the episode two part. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Through Flying Coruscant. Through Coruscant, yep. That obviously is all digital. Yes. This knowing now knowing that that was all practical background yep. and on miniatures, it, it makes sense why it looks so fantastic. Yeah, it it really holds up, guys. If uh, you haven't seen the movie, you can find that scene on YouTube, and it it looks really good. Uh, if you haven't seen the movie, watch oh, the yeah. whole movie. The whole movie is amazing. Big spoilers. Watch this movie. It's amazing. Watch it before we spoil it. Yeah. Please. Please. Pause. Do, Go do watch it the movie. Come back. Yeah. Welcome back. Yeah. Okay. Hope you enjoyed it. All right. What's um, up on the history? The film. Uh, Bruce Willis essentially worked for free on this movie. They had a budget of $90 million. Mm -hmm. It was largely uh, due... He largely worked on this movie because he liked the script so much. Okay. They originally wanted... Um, oh, no, I, I'm blanking. I wrote it down. I can't find it. They wanted huge stars okay. of the day. I, I wrote it down, and now I can't find it in my notes. There are so many. But he was not originally one of the actors. All right. Um, and like he was like the third guy they went to. Mm -hmm. And he, Luke Benson walked into his producer's office when they were trying to sell the script. And he was on the phone and, and Benson said, I would love for you to be in this movie, but we can't afford you. We have a $90 million budget. And Bruce Willis gets like a million dollars a day that he's on set. Mm -hmm. This is a two-year shoot. Especially 90s. This is uh, yeah. prime Bruce Willis. This is pro he's like the biggest star in America. Yeah. Um, and he said, well, send me, the, I, I really like the script. I'm sure we can come to an agreement. Oh, that's a good guy, Bruce Willis. Yeah. It's like the one endearing story I've ever heard about. See, him. he, he's the guy that'll lend you his lawnmower. The movie grossed $263.9 million. Wow. It is the, it, it was until very recently, the highest grossing non-American film of all time. Cause this was a French film. Right. Yep. Wow. Um, Ooh, we're getting artsy in this episode. We are. We're this is our first so French film. Artsy. Yeah. So, I I love the story of of this, and I wrote it down as a rave. But I'll just wait to, I'll just say it now. I sure. just love that. This is a story about the creation of this movie is a story about following your dreams and passions and what can happen if you stick to your guns and are 
a genuine person yeah. that doesn't like bullshit. You don't try and trick Bruce Willis into being in your movie. Like I can't, I can't afford you. Yeah. Um, if you be put, open and earnest. Uh, yeah. And if you create quality things, people will want to be associated with it. It is nice to see quality rewarded. Yeah, absolutely. Because again, we weren't dealing with a. It's an unknown director. An unknown director, not a, not, not a not an established story. Not oh, a no, not no. a. Oh, this is going to be a surefire hit. Right. This is going. To, people are going to be lining up for for this. Um, and it is either considered to be the best mm -hmm. or worst sci-fi blockbuster of all time. Two great titles. Yeah. To hold. Yeah. You either love this movie or you hate it. I, I love it. I also love it. Okay. I kind of wish one of us hated it just that so we had some sort of... <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand what you could hate about this movie. I, I honestly either. don't. Uh, you want to give us our synopsis? Okay, sure. Yeah, I'll do the synopsis. So uh, let me just pull it up here. <clears throat> Although considered low abundance within our solar system, boron can be found naturally occurring in the Earth's crust, more commonly <laughs> as borate minerals. While not officially recognized as an element until 1880, evidence of mankind... Oh, shit. I looked up boron, the, the fifth element <laughs> on the periodic table of elements. Oh, uh, yeah. This is awkward. Uh, well, let's just say uh, ex-space marine Corbin Dallas finds himself the only man in position to save the world from an Earth-ending prophecy when fifth element Lilu crashes through the roof of his New York cab. With the guidance of Father Cornelius and the hesitant aid of mega-celebrity Ruby Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Dallas must fight against alien terrorists, future cops, and Gary Oldman in an action-packed race against time to save the planet from the great evil. Perfect. There you go. Well done. The fifth element. Should we do the all-important internet scores? You gotta do the all-important internet scores okay. before we give the more important Shades and Sketch scores. Uh, yes. IMDB gives the fifth element a 7.1. Okay. Uh, that seems a little low seems to me. Seems low, but if you if you are saying that people argue this is the worst, then I get the average. Rotten Tomatoes, critic score 71, fan okay. score 86. Okay. Still seems low to me. Metacritic, 52%. Fuck you, Metacritic. Whoa! Usually Met Metacritic. <laughs> I know. Comes in a little high. That's usually that. the caliber yeah, score. Yeah, yeah, boy. 90% of Google reviewers love the go. fifth element. Google reviewers. Shades of geeking out with Shades and Sketch gives the fifth element a 98%. Wow. That is, I think, my second highest score. That is top tier. Yeah. That is top tier for you. It is. That's great. It's a great movie. I uh, give it a 95. Yeah. All right. I, I'm right up there, too. Fantastic. I, this is a solid A of a movie for me. This is a fantastic yes. movie. Highly recommend watching it. Especially before we get into uh, rants, rants, because we're going to spoil it now. Should we should we start with rants because we love this movie so gosh darn much? I'm willing to do that. Sure. You want to go? You want to go in opposite order? This I time? have very few rants. I only have two. Um, all right. Um, do you want to start? Well, how many do you have? Uh, I have three. Okay, you start. Great. Uh, what the fuck is Mila Jovovich wearing? <laughs> well. Thermal bandages for what they officially <laughs> call them. Which you think if something is thermal, it will cover you more than that. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you just saw her walking down the street, right. you would be like, what the fuck is this? Right. But in this world and all of the things that people are wearing in this world, I was like, okay. Okay. Fine. Sure. Um, so strange. Though. Yeah, they put a lot of effort into setting it up, but then even the costume and like the clothing that she chooses yep. is just bondage wear. 
the suspenders? They're not suspenders. It's straight up bondage wear. Okay. It's, you'll you'll have to. It like, see, I'm not as versed it in, has in bondage a, wear. As it you. has a like it has like a loop that the same like a leotard would have. It has like okay, a groin like a crotch loop. loop? Yeah, okay, yeah. and it's like it's like vinyly plastic. It is silicone. Okay, silicone. Yeah, and it's uh, it goes up over her shoulders. Yep, and down. Oh, the, it's kind of yeah. like um, uh, that that uh, <laughs> that speedo that Borat wears. Yes, yes. Yep, that's it's exactly, exactly what that. it is. Okay, yeah. Um, Okay, yeah, I didn't recognize so that. So the costume, like, the rationale behind, especially when you consider that uh, Jean-Paul uh, Gaultier, uh, Gaultier, uh, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. Is that the costume designer? Yes. Okay. The effort that went into all of the other costuming, yeah. uh, the costuming is insane in this movie. Yes, and part of the production holdup of this movie was the costuming because he insisted on making every piece himself. Oh, wow. Um, the thermal bandage is fine, like when she comes out of the cloning healing process, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll overlook that. Yeah, but yeah. then, like, she wears it for a very long time, and then also what they put her into. In retrospect, it doesn't hold up very well. I remember as a kid watching it, being like, "What the fuck?" I like when I rewatched it, I was like, "What the fuck?" Well, the thing is, it's it's not sexy. It, no, I get it's it. Not. I get it if it was if it was overly sexualized and like gratuitously right. sexy. It's almost then not I'd be addressed. like, oh, okay, I get where we're going going with. It with just this. makes no sense. It, do, it does make no sense. But you know, I'm gonna answer it <laughs> in two words. It's French. It's French. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> Sketch uh, continuing his trend of offending the French people. Oh, ho, ho, ho. oh there it is. Oh, boy. Hey, um, uh, can you put out your uh, cartoonishly long cigar, uh, cigarette, please? I shall put it out into my croissant. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Do we have any anyone listening in France left? Uh, um, sorry, guys. Um, merci. Doyen. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> all the other costumes are great. Oh, yeah. They're all fantastic. I mean, even Corbin's is just yeah, You believe literally... that he's like an ex-paramilitary like paramilitary guy who doesn't give a shit and drives a cab all day. Yeah. He's in a stinky, smelly cab all yep. day. It makes sense. I like the military outfits yep. of the guys. Uh, Ruby Rod's outfits. Ruby Rod is fantastic. over the top. Um, yeah, but so is Ruby Rod. So yes. It's like so right. Um, and I really... I like the priest garb, too. I was too. just going to say, like, the priest's mm -hmm. vestments and garbs made a lot of sense. They made a lot of sense. It was totally a believable religion. Yes, it was. Like, it, from I, start to finish. Yeah. It really was. Speaking of it being a religion, when we started, when I sat down with my wife, because she she adores this movie. Okay. This is one of her like top five movies of all time. Um, like this movie raised her, like in a lot of ways. <laughs> you know, like when you have like a formative this is, movie. This is a strong statement. Yes, like when, when you have like a formative movie from your youth, like this oh one my is, goodness. is it for her. Um, we and, have to have um, a conversation about this. Oh, later. sure. She loves oh, wow. she loves this movie. So we sat down to watch it again. And it starts with this scene that takes place in like 19... 1914. Sure. Uh, the start in of... In Egypt. Uh, are, are you Germans? Yes. If they had said yes, what was the next thing that you were going to do? Shoot them, I guess. I, I, um, <laughs> I did not recall that scene at I all. I don't... I did not remember it. I've seen it on TV a number of times. Me and I too. think they probably cut it out. They, they must have. Because I did not... I did not remember that. Luke Perry... I had just watched uh, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie with okay. my wife for Halloween. Oh, nice. And uh, remember thinking he was so great in that. And then he basically plays the same character at the beginning of this. And I'm like, oh, 
It not was, good. Now I know why he didn't make many more movies after Buffy. But it also, it made so much more sense. Because one of the things watching this movie earlier when you didn't see this first scene was like <laughs> vaguely what understanding what's going on. And yeah. the opening scene really lays it all out for you nice and my, my note about that when you see the temple is, uh, does this movie take place in an alternate universe in which man never rediscovers the Stargate? Maybe. I kept thinking about Brent Fraser. Yeah, I thought oh, Brent Fraser was going to run by in the background. <laughs> um. I'll leave it because it's, it's one of my raids. How have we not done the Mummy movies guys, How have we not guys, done those? stop writing in. <laughs> We're going to do the Mummy movies. There are only two of those, right? It depends if we do The Rock's uh, Scorpion King. So there are only two of those, right? I guess. They actually did make a third. Did they? of the Dragon Emperor. Oh. To which um, I might have that. Rachel Weisz did not return I got as, the triple. as Evie. They, they is, recast is her. Is Brendan Fraser in it? Yes. Huh. The kid's growing up, the uncle's there, but... Oh, I think I did see this. This is not the mummy episode. No, but Sorry. guys, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. All right. Uh, my my rant? Yes. Right? Yep. Um, okay, this bothered me. Another another Lilu rant. Okay. The Her fact... Lilu? What the fuck? Yeah, Lilu's really <laughs> weird. The, the fact that she got all traumatized and shit after she was looking up Earth and, and saw everything about war. Like, we've seen that scene before, right? Where, like, the savior questions if they should really question it. But she's she's literally the personification of a weapon in this giant intergalactic struggle. Like, war, she should know war is not unique it to us. her brain. Yes. Um, she can't fathom conflict. But... Here are just, her whole existence. Here are just some of the things that she had to get to because she went alphabetically to learn English. Some of the things that she had to get to before getting to war. Yeah. Execution. Yep. Um, oh, let me, sorry, let me go in order. Anthrax, bomb, uh -huh. cancer, destruction, execution, fatricide, genocide, holocaust, execution. Just, just a few. Just a good, just, just We a didn't few. even get that far into the alphabet. We didn't get that and far into the alphabet. war breaks her. Yes. Like, the the team I'm quoting here. The team basically yes. has to convince her, like, no, mankind is worth fighting for, worth saving. Quote: Love. What's the use of saving life when you see what you all do with it? Yes, I mean, we talk about how a rant takes you out of a movie. Uh, yeah, that was a big one. Scenes like that don't take me out of other movies. Right. In this movie, it didn't belong. In it this did not movie. belong in this movie. We didn't need that message. It was we don't so need, out of place. Let me give you a hint, Hollywood, and. French Hollywood. <laughs> if Bruce Willis is in your movie, what, that the? scene doesn't belong in your movie. Okay? <laughs> unless he's the villain. That's yeah, the only unless, that's the Has only Bruce story. Willis ever played a villain? I don't think so. I can't think I, of an instance. I feel like he's a guy that has that in his contract. Yeah, he he's kind of like Will Smith. Yeah. 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 Um, so that, that, that like, can I follow, took me right on. Can I follow up uh, that Sure. rant with this rant for a movie that's premise is that love conquers all there's an awful lot of dead bad guys the body count <laughs> in this movie is, is tremendous staggering it is it is staggering um not even just bad guys i mean just, pe everyone yeah, people. who works on that ship is dead. dead i mean yeah. a lot of people got off but the terrorist aliens like oh. just murdered these people and they're in uniform so genocide your first thought is like well they're in the military. They knew what they were signing up for. No, 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 nope. no. This nope. is a cruise ship. Yes. They're in yes. cruise ship uniforms. Yes. And they are just mowed down. <laughs> Mercilessly. And people By blow up. both Bruce Willis 
and oh, everyone, everyone's killing everyone. He throws like and, uh, sticky bombs and, at the um, yeah, the guy that was hiding with him in the bar. Gary Oldman. Died. Oh, Gary kills a bunch of people. I mean, the body count in this movie is tremendously high. Staggering. I'm pretty sure the the I mean, the cops opened fire on Bruce Willis. They had to have other cabs. And if you've seen the scene, you know that it is just wall to wall. I mean, think of like gridlock traffic, but 18 levels high. Uh, yeah. And they are it's lined up in walls of automobiles. Right. Imagine Flying a New York City uh, intersection yes. that is uh, packed with cars to yeah. the tallest building. Yes. Yes. And they, and they just opened fire. Well, they set up a kill box at an intersection yep. for him in like three directions. Oh, but traffic stops, right? Nope. And all, they just fire at him from every direction. Yep. Not a scratch on Yep. Him. Yep. Not a, the, not a rant for me. The Looked only great. person, it. maybe the only action person in this movie that doesn't kill anyone is Lilu, with the exception of the, the alien terrorist. She, she kills kill a lot of alien terrorists mm. in uh, Plava Laguna. Oh, she kills so many. Oh, yeah. So many alien yeah. terrorists. But I don't think she kills any... Like, she escapes from the medical lab without taking a life, right? Yeah. Y yes. I think she does. Yeah. And that's really it. That's she it. doesn't really have another action scene. No. The rest Until is Bruce, she does Bruce Kung Fu. Right. Uh, just a funny little... Funny little thing on that. This was like her first big movie. Yes, this was it her big. Created her this as is, the action heroine. This is her. Uh, she's she does all the Resident Evils, right? Yes. Okay. Um. So they they did fight training with her, but uh, you know, uh, not much. Yeah. She she knew a lot of this ahead of time. No. She didn't know any of this. Oh no no. no. She, she wasn't like physically. A lot of uh, her kicks uh -huh. are is a, a leg on a stick. Because <laughs> she couldn't get her kicks high enough and keep her balance oh, in the costume. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. So they had like that spandex. It wasn't spandex, those gold like bondage pants that she's wearing, basically. She Bring couldn't back to bondage. She couldn't kick high enough. Guys, this is a heavy bondage episode. Yep. Spoiler alerts for bondage. I guess. What's our safe word? <laughs> Multipass? Uh, uh, a plava laguna. Plava laguna. <laughs> or uh, no, uh, a big bada boom. A big... Bada oh boom. my god. That scene took a little that too long. That scene is like <laughs> literally two minutes long in the middle of this movie of just bada boom. It bada also... Boom. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's not funny. It's it, not funny when they do it the first time. It's, it's also not funny like, two minutes later. It's their like meet cute. <laughs> and Bruce, Bruce Willis Whew. basically wants to get down immediately with her. Oh yeah. But she acts like a child for yes, the, first, the first... Their first... 20 minutes. Well, she's brand new. She's brand new. She, I mean, she was just born. Yes. Up up in the lab. She was uh, just yeah. printed. Yeah. She's she's very new. And very naive. Yes. And Bruce Willis is like... Doesn't stop him it. from trying to kiss her while she's unconscious. There is that scene as well. Man, like, he is creeping on there her from the that first scene as well. minute. But again, it's French. All right. Do you have another ring? I do. Um... Am I supposed to like Corbin Dallas? I know he's a human dumpster fire in real life, Bruce Willis. <laughs> but I, I like his everyman style. But what is there to like about this guy? Um, he is twice Lilu's age. Mm -hmm. He's creeping on her from day one. Yep. He doesn't care about anyone or anything except getting into her pants. Mm -hmm. That is true. Am I supposed to like this character? Oh, let me answer the first part of the question. Yes, you are supposed to like this character. 
I don't know anything about Bruce Willis out, outside of the movie. So and that's I, not true. I told you the story where, like, in the town that he lives in, whenever he takes a girl home and and has an evening with her, he gives them the, this necklace, and like every girl under the age of forty in town has this necklace. Oh, to the point where he's now had to move. Oh, I didn't remember. I didn't, if you told that story before, I don't remember. Not only have I told you the story, it, I told you it during an episode of this show, so you could go back and listen to it. I forgot. By the way, to con- I know you're fishing for a compliment right now. The necklace you're wearing right now is beautiful. Um, I heard your neighbor gave it to you. It's beautiful. Um, it uh, right after you let me borrow his lawnmower. Lawnmower, yeah. <laughs> yep. A little landscaping. So um, let me uh, get us back on track here. I think you're supposed to like him. This is the 90s. This is the mid-90s. <laughs> And not to keep saying it, but it's French. <laughs> and so, yes, it's a little, it's a little creepy. It's a, he's a little um, date rapey. It's, it's very date rapey. He is. Um, but we establish that he has broken heart because yes. his whatever his former partner. His I don't wife, know if it was a wife or partner. whatever. Is he, I think he says his wife at one he point. Was, point. L- he was. He lit- was. He's a broke. When we meet him, he's a broken man. He even says she who left. she ran off with. Oh, their lawyer, the divorce. Oh, lawyer. the divorce lawyer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they were married, and she broke his heart. He's not even like mad at her anymore. He's still right in love with her until he meets Lilu. Right. Basically, um, he chooses to do the right thing. To. I guess to save Lilu, he doesn't care at all about the mission. It no. seems he doesn't take the mission until he recognizes that she's on it. She's involved. She's involved. She's, in the she's mission, going yeah. to it. Um, I never understood why he fell for her so hard right off the bat. Because he was looking for perfection, and, and she's she perfection. perfect. Everyone does say that she's perfect. She's perfect. She's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's I guess like that is. so. Yeah. So, what's the message? I don't keep know. waiting for perfect. Keep waiting for perfection. All right, I'm gonna wait a long time. Well, I don't know. Long time okay. listeners found this podcast. Five hundred years. Well, I've been in the context. Oh of, yeah, yeah, in the context of love uh, in this universe. Yeah, yeah, because this universe is sexual. Oh yeah, there is no lack of. Uh, conquest in this universe <laughs> no uh so yeah i guess he's just he's just an old-fashioned romantic that way in this it's in this universe timex watch in a digital age That's exactly it oh yeah it it is oh mclean that's how i have him referenced if, if in all you, of my notes is mclean i i completely understand that if you if you get hung up on his relationship with lilu um he is he's a lot less likable I still like him though because of how capable he is. He's very capable. He's very capable at what he does. And, and like like that scene uh, when they uh, when the when the space aliens want to negotiate and like the cruise ship people don't know what the, what to what do is going at on. all. He just, and he's like, Do you mind if I yep. if I just try and just boom, headshot. Yep, headshot. Anyone else want to negotiate? Right. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Love it. Okay. Do you have any more ra- uh, rants? Yeah, I do. Another Lilu thing. <laughs> I guess I wasn't a big fan of Lilu, but this is a Dallas and Lilu thing. Okay. The final freeze frame. In the tube? Yeah. Okay. I hate it. Yeah. I feel so gross. 
poor, every poor time Mila I see Jones. that. Yeah, right, right. I feel so. It is. I feel. I feel like a perv. I right. feel right. I feel intrusive. I. Uh, it's because you're not way too close of a shot. Because you're not French. It's because I'm not French. I get it. It's way too close of a shot. It's got this. I, and I love the color blue, yeah, but it's like it's a like sickening a, blue yeah. light in there. It freezes on them with this look that I can't even understand <laughs> the emotion going between the two of them. It's just, yeah, it's I not, did, did not want. It's not did good. not want. And the did fact not that need it. The fact that it's the last scene of the movie, like it, that's how, that's how that's how it leaves you. Right. That's just how it. It also didn't make any sense because wouldn't she have to go back into the coffin sarcophagus thing to wait for the next time that this thing shows up? Well, the nice thing about this movie being a one-off is that you don't have to ask those kind of questions. Yes, she should be in the coffin. Technically, she's just clone her. Just make a bunch of them. Like, well, I mean, spares. she like, is a clone them, anyway. Like, yeah, she is. Hide so, them like, all over the place. Hide them all over the place. Make sure that yeah. Huh. That just brought up a big question to me. Uh, yeah, I, I have that written down somewhere. Yeah, we'll, think about that. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, big yeah. questions. Yeah, but okay, so the final freeze frame. Yeah. Take it out of the movie. You know, if you're going to end on a sex scene like that, just have the doctor move out of the way, and there's condensation on the glass, and a hand comes up like in Titanic. Yeah, uh, That's sure. it. Perfect. Leave it at that. I, I would say you can leave it even before that with, like, the when they're on the pedestal at the temple. Oh, yeah, but no, but we you keep forgetting it's French. Like, oh, we have right, to end right. on this. It has on to be on a steamy sex scene. Steamy sex scene. Yeah. Okay. But it was gross. It was like the grossest. It was the grossest. The grossest. The grossest. And one last rant. Sure, I don't have any more rants, so this will this will be. Mr. Shadow. What the fuck is Mr. Shadow? Mr. He's a planet that can Shadow. call people on oh. a phone? Yes. Is it a guy on the planet or is the planet Mr. Shadow? Um I don't understand. It's like on an equal level of Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer when they made Galactus a cloud. Only worse. Yeah, because it's like that. it calls people on a phone. It doesn't get called on a phone. I feel like that was an attempt at comedy. And that whole relationship with, with Zorg. Like what? Like, it made I no sense. It makes no sense. What could he promise Zorg? That Zorg doesn't already have. That he doesn't already have. Like... I don't. He obviously lied to Zorg because Zorg thinks that it's just any other bo business arrangement. Yeah. Zorg's not like an evil guy trying to bring about the end of the world. He's just trying to get rich. He's just trying to get rich, and destruction makes him money. Right. I I'm I'm one hundred percent confident Zorg is unaware that the intention is to destroy the entire the entire planet. planet. Right. The the entity. I don't have a solution. Zorg needed to have a puppet master. He needed he needed to know he had to have his equivalent of Lilu. Yes. He he needed we needed to connect the dots of why right, Zorg right, was right. involved in this. It seemed like but he was the promised way money. it was done was we was not good. Yeah. I wish I had a solution. And guys, I gave this movie a 98. These are these are little minor. These are minor. We're things. making a bigger deal of them than they actually are because yes. the movie's so fun it's and so outrageous. Great. It is. But it really doesn't make sense. It doesn't. I mean, it's funny that he calls him on the phone. Like, it's that's, hilarious that's that he calls him on the phone. Um, and it's the first time you see Zorg in a weakened state. Yes. Otherwise, he's, such oh, he's a powerful character. Um, 
Gary Oldman, by the way, hates this movie. Oh, does he? He hates this character. Oh, what a bummer. I think it's one of his greatest characters that he's ever done. Yeah. I always remember him in this movie. And that accent, that like Alabama, Louisiana, Southern accent yeah. is so perfect. Yeah. I remember when I, uh, this might've been the first thing that I like saw Gary Oldman in and knew it was Gary Oldman. And then I saw him in something else and was like, wait, wait what? He's, he's British? Yeah. What? Actors can do that. Yeah. What? Yeah. But like in such a believable way that I, I it doesn't break yeah. ever. Well, this is a great opportunity to go into raves because one of my raves is Gary motherfucking Oldman right here. Uh, yeah, I, right, right, right here. Gary fucking Oldman. And I say once again, crushing it as a villain yes. because he's been a villain for he us before in Geeking Out. Yes. He plays a great villain. And I deposit that he should be the official villain of Geeking Out with Shades of Sketch. Done. Because Sold. he crushes it. And he, he was amazing. Even in that scene that we don't, that we question with the he, planet. Oh, Arc, he sells he it. He sells it like He great. is perfectly terrified as like maybe he's understanding for the first time what he's involved with. Yeah, but then he does shit. stuff after that that doesn't make sense if that's the case. You would you would help Lilu and Corbin if you realized what was happening at that point. I so feel it's not like, I feel like at that point he goes into self-preservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, uh, you know, he is when when he's doing the whole like arms deal yes. sale thing, yes. um, it makes no sense that you would want to have a feature on a button uh, on a gun that would fire in the exact same spot that you were just firing in yep. if you've missed what you were shooting at. Nope, Who cares? Okay. It's such a great performance, yep. uh, and the way he sells it so cinematic, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And the a, re a real what does he say? A real a real killer would have asked what the well, what the, the bu red bu button, button on the it? bottom's for. Yep, I'm like ah. Yep. So damn good. To be fair, that button really should have some sort of shield over it. Like it really some, should. Some you sort could, of thing you that could you just trip shouldn't. and just... Yes. It is on the bottom of the gun. Yes. Um, Gary Oldman also having his interaction with um, the priest, Father Cornelius. Oh, yeah. That's another great scene. That's another, that is fantastic. Yeah. He's just like choking. Yeah. And all this, like, yeah, his the, robots. Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, the cherry the, pit. The cherry and the little, right. little creature comes out. Yep. And nothing can help him. And... Uh, also, Father Cornelius let him choke to death. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah. Father Cornelius, I didn't write him down, but I liked Father Cornelius, Yeah, he was too. great. He yep. was great, too. He was great. Um, did you see um, the thing we, we actually, we got, a, we got a message from a long-time listener about the fifth element? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was going to, it's one in, I'm going to bring it up in a... Okay, you, you, okay you bring it up. Uh, but if you want to add something to it right now. Please. No, I just thought that was so freaking cool and I never noticed it until it was pointed out to me. The, 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 about the fifth element? No, about Gary Ullman. Oh, I may, maybe I missed that part. Oh, that uh, this is a movie in which the main protagonist oh, yeah, yeah, and the yeah, yeah. main yes, antagonist yes, yes, yes. never meet never each other. Interact. So let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. let's talk about the, that for a the second. The two em emissaries mm -hmm. for the, the, the hero and villain. The, the hero and the villain. The Gary Oldman and Bruce Willis, McLean and Zorg, they, they never... They don't even know not, they, yeah. each other exists. They don't meet each other. They are totally unaware of the other. Yeah. They don't share any screen time together at all. They don't have a conversation on the phone nope. the closest thing they come to an interaction is gary oldman's character zorg zorg um fires a million, a million people, people from a cab company yeah and and mclean is one of them yeah he gets fired to be fair he lost all the points of his license anyway he was gonna uh, get yeah, fired he was gonna get fired anyway 
But the closest they get to actually meeting is when they're abandoning abandoning the ship, ship, and he they go into an elevator. The door closes, closes and the and other elevator, elevator opens, yes. and Zord comes out. Uh, yeah, that's the closest then, they ever and get and to interact. McLean steals his ship to get away. Yep. I mean, it's so cool. It is that you can make a movie like that. It is unlike any other property, any other movie that yes. we have ever done on this show. Yep. It's the complete opposite, and. Hollywood will tell you it makes for bad storytelling. And you know what? It doesn't. It does not. It makes for great storytelling. Yep. Th like, just some nobody from Jakku. Thank you very much yes. for that. Because that was, that honestly, I picked it, it made up me when I was appreciate watching. Yeah. it so much more when I watched it the second yep. time around. You don't have to have, and, and uh, McLean's very, you know, he's bad at this. His movies always posit him talking on a walkie-talkie or like in a punch-out scene like with a villain on like this James Bond cartoonish villain yep. setup where they have to fight each other at the mm -hmm. end. And yeah, this is so fresh and different. Yep. And I mean, I can't think of another movie like I can't like think it. of a single really other can't. thing, no. Well, maybe maybe Ghostbusters kind of comes closest, but they're they're at least aware of yeah. the the entity. Yeah. And I think that's the most striking thing. They're not completely unaware of each other. And that's so plausible. Like, and it doesn't even matter if they were aware. 300 billion people yeah. on planet Earth, they, mm -hmm. they uh, posit. You mm -hmm. know, we're a planet of like maybe approaching, getting close to, where are we at? Eight now? Eight billion? Yeah, last I heard it was like seven and seven change. Seven and change. 300 billion. Like, yeah. what are the odds that these two people would ever meet? Slim to none. Yeah. They don't, they are. Totally unaware of each other. It's a great point. Mm -hmm. Thanks for writing in. Because that was uh, really cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I did pick up on that while I was watching it, but I was glad somebody else picked up on it too. Yeah. Do you have a, um, a brave? Uh, I do. Uh, the neo-medieval Christianity meets Valerian in the world of tomorrow, or like Valerian and Loreline, mm -hmm. um, which was a terrible movie. We already talked about. We already talked about that. Uh, this I is just, not the Loreline No. This is a movie that posits um, Christianity stop evolving pre-diet of worms, like Reformation. Okay. This is like old medieval Christianity, no science, no mm -hmm. technology, mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like fire and brimstone. Yeah. Um, church is the highest authority to the point where there is a priest advising the president of the earth. And just, there was a priest, a rabbi, and then Father Corbin, whatever right. he is. Uh, what so there was like there was a Christian priest, uh, this, father this father of this religion, religion and, a, and, and a rabbi. Right. Yep. A, a tiny Lister is the president. Oh all my. future. Oh my god. All future versions of. <laughs> I like, of again, costume right. designs. The, the costume designs were awesome. Um, yeah. Who was the Who was the president? Tiny Lister. And who's that? Uh, he plays uh, Zeus in No Holes Barred. Okay. Um, I think he guest stars on Brooklyn Nine Nine sometimes. Oh, okay. Um, as a foil for, not Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, what's the other show like that? Don't know. Tiny, Tiny Lister, is, he's like stereotypical Andy 80s. Andy Tribeca? Mm, maybe, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, what, I love- What a halt. I love Tiny Lister. Okay. He's great. And he was the president. He was the president. Yeah. Oh, you know who he is? He's the, he, and this isn't like a big role, but he's the convict in The Dark Knight that, like, talking to the- the the warden on the prison boat. He's the one that throws so they out throws the, it out the, the window. Walkie yeah. Shit, guys. Yeah. Spoilers for Dark Knight. Oh yeah. God, Sorry, that's guys. a big spoiler. Wow. Whoops. Forget we said that. 
Ooh, should I edit that That's out? That's a great scene. No, should we edit anything? We don't know. They leave it. Uh, they know by now. What this is episode thirty something. They know by they... now that we <laughs> we just talk. We just talk. Um, yeah, yeah. So the I way just... they they use this religion. Yes, and uh, the 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 fifth element being the, like the divine spirit. And if you look mm -hmm. back through. Um, history and, and, and civilization in, in this, the early medieval age, not the high medieval age. Mm -hmm. There's like history scholars that aren't, don't worry about it. Pre-Renaissance. I feel them running in right now. Um, the fifth element of, of being like, you've got fire, you've got wind, you've got water, and then like the divine perfection. Yep. And, and this was how they explained science in that age, that when you couldn't explain it, this was the divine representation of perfection. Like mm -hmm. why why um, the galaxies have this concentric spiral to it and how Van Gogh could represent that in his paintings, like how he could know that this was that, that fifth element that links us all together. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And this is just, just like an interesting way of positing it in like a non-preachy Oh yeah, no, this, mo this movie, the only time it got preachy was the war. Right, right, right. right. In your face. But... Um, it was married so nicely. It really was. This this idea of faith yes. and sci-fi yep. in this movie in a way that felt genuine. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the, 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 the main threat to the universe right. is also uh, the basis of a religion right. here on Earth and across the universe. Across the universe. As well. So... Um, it worked together really nicely. Like, yeah. like it felt more gen. And I love Star Wars, and I love the Force. But you can understand how that is right. like. It's a little wishy washy. Fabricated and yeah. made up, and like it's movie. You it made, what makes was that? Movie. Yeah, that oh, was the Force. The, it, the religion. Reach of out. This. Can you feel it? I feel it. I feel it. Ding 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 ding. So silly. It always comes back to Last Jedi on this podcast. Um, yeah. No. It, that was one of the things I wrote down too. Uh, for it's a smaller part of a larger rave of mine. Like when 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 forms used to ask you like your religious pref like your religious identification, mm -hmm. I, I would fill in conscientious objector. Mm -hmm. um, but like I was watching, I was like I, I could maybe get on board with this one. It seems kind of fun. Is anyone surprised out there that that's what shades that <laughs> fell out and his little form? <laughs> you might be asking yourself, why not just leave it blank and then you wouldn't be shades, oh, would you? No, no, no of course <laughs> not. <laughs> Oh, I just, I love to picture every single person ever reading one of those forms. <laughs> just been like, oh, I don't even know this guy and I can picture him. That's like what I imagine everyone reading those forms. I'm priceless. It's, yeah, that's another way of saying worthless. Um, <laughs> just because you brought up the, the faith of the sci-fi, I'll, I'll broaden and just say that like the, the entire plot with very few exceptions is really tightly written. It really is. And well, he worked on it for 18 years. Yeah, yeah. But and one of the things I love about this plot is how like interconnected everyone oh, is yeah. and yeah. how all these stories like we're basically we're watching a movie. We're watching two hours of where basically like five main stories intersect, intersect. at this one moment. And because of that, all of the characters involved that you're following, villain or hero, 
all feel like they genuinely belong there. No one has been placed in this situation as like filler or, right. or just like, oh, we need a token such and such character or we need, you know, this or that. Or Everyone is there for a legitimate reason. Everyone has their own objectives and their own goals. Some of them work together. Some, some of them, them don't. don't. And it's just, it's so entertaining in like the true sense it, yeah. of the word. Like you, it's what make it's one of the things that makes this movie so good is that like you're so involved yeah. in so many people's stories. Like strong agree. Lilu isn't just there. Right. Like in addition to, right. to Corbin. Right. She's she has there because of her own story. reason of being yep. there. Corman's there for his own reason for being there. Right. Father Cornelius has his own reason for being there. Ruby Rod has his own reason. Gary Oldman shows up. The terror ship. Like, everyone converges on this cruise ship, basically. Yeah. For different I reasons. I don't even know. Can we just talk Ruby Rod? For, we already talked Ruby Rod. Let's talk Ruby Rod. Can we just give Chris Tucker... The old standing up. Wow. The old standing up. And, guys, I, it makes for great audio. I know. Um, wh wow. Like, A, that Chris Tucker was confident enough in himself as an actor mm -hmm. um, to say yes. Like, once again, Prince said no to this part because he thought the character was too effeminate. Mm -hmm. Prince built a career about, like, gender identity and, like, and fluidity and, and uh, monogamy. The, like, blah, mm -hmm. everything is everything. Prince thought the character was too effeminate. Everything is everything. Uh, Long-time listeners, you might not know who Shade's talking about. He's talking about the artist formally known as Prince. No, he was, he became, yeah. He, he was Prince, Prince again, again yeah, at yeah, the yeah. end? At, he got his, he got, his, he got the rights back. Oh, how Prince got his group back. Yeah. yeah okay. It's coming to a theater near you soon. I can't wait. Yeah. We're going to geek out for it. <laughs> um, like, that Chris Tucker could go to this place and just captivate it's a captivating character, whether you're annoyed by the character or you're entertained by the character. It's a captivating character. The and character has presence. Yes. No and doubt about it. The, the premise is the Ruby Rod show is an audio only mm -hmm. show. It's a podcast. It's doing what we're doing. We for are now. two and a half hours Ruby every Rod. day yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Ruby Rod's the Oprah of... His generation, I say his because he's very clearly identifies as male. He and clearly, yeah. yes. Like the character is effeminate, but he clearly is male and is, and is a guy and is straight. Well, uh, the movie, maybe, the maybe movie, gender, gender bending. The movie deposits uh, a societal shift uh, yeah. in perspective where we consider him to be effeminate. Sure, but... But this is society just, right. finds him to be basically very masculine. I mean, women are swooning yes. left and right yes. over this guy. Um, he is the if I were more up on males right now, I would know who the sure the very attractive man is right now sure. out there. Fill in the blank long term. John Cassiavetes, right? Sure. Yeah. That's a good looking guy. I don't Is I don't, he he was an actor in like the eighties and nineties. Oh, Oh, okay, sure. It's about where, where oh, we are. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he's your Uncle Jesse. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, Stamos. Yeah, Stamos. Yeah. Okay, sure. I mean, he never he, ages. He never ages. He, um, he is just 
dripping with sexuality yeah. in this movie. Sean Connery, circa 1967. Absol absolutely. Yeah. Sean Connery would probably be offended that we just <laughs> compared him. Sean Connery, if you are offended by that comparison, please write into the show. You know what? That's Go what with you get Shades for making LXG your last movie. At... Speaking of last movie, why don't we see Chris Tucker anymore? Like, what, what is he up to? What's he he only does Rush Hour movies. Well, there hasn't been a Rush Hour movie in a long time. Uh, I believe Rush Hour 4 or 5, whatever the last one was, coming to a theater near you soon. The, whether or not you like Chris Tucker, I don't think anyone could argue it's great that, in this movie. that he doesn't show up on set and deliver 175%. He, I mean, he doesn't deliver 175%? No one could argue that. Oh, he yeah. I oh, mean, he, yeah. He goes all in on whatever he he's goes doing. Yep. All in he with does. the energy level. Oh, yeah. And. The nice thing about in this movie, if he drives you crazy, yeah, then you're on Bruce's side because right. Bruce, Bruce can't stand can't him. stand the guy, especially when he beats him. Right, he uses him, yeah, you know, because it's an emergency situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah. the only option he has. And Ruby, spoiler, Ruby Red is the guy, uh, <laughs> just like accidentally, <laughs> accidentally it's shoots the, a guy it's in the, the head. Corrupting influence of yep. Corbin Dallas, but. Uh, and then by the end, he's clutch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, is he clutch? I like to think that there's somewhere there's a sequel where, where Ruby Rod and Corbin Dallas go off and have another adventure. You know that after this movie, <laughs> Ruby Rod milks this oh, adventure for, for all ever. it's worth. Yeah. Yes. Movies yes. and oh, yeah. whatever their equivalent of movies yes. is. Yeah. Ruby Rod milks yes. this for all it's worth. And in all those movies, he's obviously the, 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 the hero. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, Ruby Rod is a, a fascinating character yeah. to watch. And just like the plot of this movie is like so entertaining. You know what? He, he's green. He's the greenest green. He's the greenest green. He's the greenest green. He's the greenest green. Do you have any more rays? Um, I do. I, um, this is one thing I, I never talk about, even though it's in every single movie. Sure. And show. But it stands out in this movie. The editing. The, this, who, yeah, whoever edited this movie should have gotten yes. an Academy Award. I mean, this is superb editing. And there are three scenes in particular okay. where I'm talking about. Um, the first one I'll talk about is, is the, the space opera with what's her name? Uh, uh, Plava Laguna. Plava Laguna and Lilu fighting. At the same time. Yes. Right? So they're not in the same space. They're but not. The, the movie keeps they're cutting between the two of them. connected yeah. to each other and, like, playing off of each other. And so the fight scene really hits the beats mm -hmm. of the yes. song. Great. Awesome. We've kind of seen that done before, but the, there are other examples. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's another example. Earlier in the movie, when the space terrorists deliver the box to Zorg for the first time. Okay. And at the same time, Lilu is explaining to the priest that the stones are not, are in, not the box. in the box. And we keep cutting back and forth between the two scenes. Right. And it sounds confusing like with all these cuts, right. but it's just when done you, it's so, so well that like she talks about the box, we see Gary with the box. Right. She talks about how the stones are in the box, we see Gary it reacting to the not being stones. so well together, you would, it, you almost think that their two sound stages are like on opposite sides of the camera. Yes, and, and that they're almost simultaneous. Like, they can almost see, see each other out of the corner of their eye. Right. And then the final one, which I think is the, the absolute best one, is um, 
when they're on the like the plane, like the spaceship plane, to go to the resort, mm-hmm. and it's going through its takeoff procedures. Yes. At the same time, Zorg is talking to his underling, who he is about to blow up yes. with the chip, and at the same time, Ruby Rod is plowing a stewardess, and <laughs> you think you you think and there's there's no other way to describe. No, there isn't. I thought yeah. very hard about what verb I was going to use. Yeah. Plowing is the best it way to put the, it. Yeah, you would think these three scenes are so unrelated that they could and not they, fit together. And they mirror each other. They like overlap right. so perfectly Perfect. the way they're shot. And the, again, the editing just shines in a situation like that where you go. There's someone behind the controls of this who really knows what they're doing. Yes. And I feel safe. I'm like, I'm in right. their hands and they're they're taking me on this journey and I'm all in. Yeah, all in. All That's in. a great rave. I agree with all of that. And, and I think you thought, a lot of times we say rants are things that take us out of the movie. And I think I think raves are all in moments. All in. Yep. When we're all and in. That and that's, great that's an Particularly all in. The, the future plane. Yeah. That, yeah, that's why I wanted to end the, on that one because I thought that was the most so perfect. perfect. And again, because that one, unlike the other two, that's putting in three scenes. And and they are three totally unrelated things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they do not connect visually at all. No. See, yeah, because because plot wise they are related because right. they're all happening at the same but time. Visually, visually, if this were done poorly, it would be. It would break it the would, experience. Yes, it, the, the movie would flop basically because it would be so jarring. Right. It has to be done well. Yep. And it is. Strong agree. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm out of raves. I mean, I could go, I, other than to say, just I love the way it looks. Yeah. It's beautiful. The, the practical effects, the set designs, the costumes, the special effects, the green screen. This is a great, another great example of the, the computer effects aren't really there yet. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have, it doesn't have, I, it's not ILM. Nope. So at the when they're physically cloning Lilu, it looks kind of like a 1990s computer game. Sure. The, the computer effects aren't great, and I, they, I almost feel like it probably would have looked better if they had done stop motion. Sure. Um, for the world that they created. The nice but it thing doesn't is, take me out of it. it. No, because they're they were smart. They, they were, didn't double down on any any effects. They they. They used effects subtly, and yes. I, not a lot of people would and use that word with this movie. For subtly, specific small purposes. Yep. Yep. The all of the pure computer effects are very small. Mm-hmm. Like they use it to physically turn the the flying cars in New York, mm-hmm. and it's an algorithm that does it so that traffic flows. Yep. Um, and they they use it for the cloning procedures. They use it for or like uh, lens flares off of spaceships. Sure. They they're all the whole spaceship isn't fake. Just nope. just like the rocket trails. Yep. You know, computer generated. So it, it was a smart decision in a movie that is so over the top. Over the top. Yes. In every the other way. The effects are small and small, subtle. Light touch and just to to piggyback a little bit on that. My last rave that I'll say is that it's just a really strong depiction of a 200-year-in-the-future world. Yeah. It's a believable world. There's nothing in it that is crazily unrealistic. Right. I mean, people are still eating McDonald's. Yeah. You know, the... uh, all of your appliances in your in your home kind of shrink to make sure. living space bigger. There are still um, Asian stereotypes flying around delivering you food. 
I'm, that was that was a terrible business model, by the way. That's a terrible, that was he can, such a terrible he business. Serve, he can serve one, one person, person at, at a time at lunch. Oh my god! Yeah. What a terrible business and, model. And and you go to the you bring your entire, your entire restaurant, restaurant to the and <laughs> and you just give away food. Yeah, you just give away food. Yep. How is this man making money? I have no idea. But um, regardless, whew. the rest of the world, like it made sense. The, People were still firing bullets. There weren't like lasers and everything. It was was still bullets. I mean, it was just a really grounded expectation for where our where our life is going. Here's I didn't I didn't write it down, but now that I'm thinking about it, the one I didn't even write it down as a a rant, but it's my pet peeve in movies. Okay. Here's the one thing that didn't hold up, and when you say like everything was so out of uh, like over the top and well edited. Okay. Well. Two D space borders. The, oh yeah, the border yeah, 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 yeah. of their solar system. You know what's funny? Was a two-dimensional. I, that is, guys, that is not how space. I works. didn't write that down either, but I did have that thought during like, the movie. This is not that it's how like a space fence. works. It's yeah. just like a fence across yeah. space. Um, that is not how space works. Definitely. How did that make it through? That was that was unaltered from the original 16 year old yeah right. clearly yes. clearly that was a very early uh, yes that was problematic but you know what that's okay yeah it's it's the difference between 98 and 100 i know we were uh, it is the difference between 98 and 100 yeah 2D space borders. Should we go on to big questions? Let's, Do you have any uh, more raves? I I mean I could honestly just like keep raving about like it's we could so we fun. could literally just watch this movie and i would just just talk about this it. This would like have been a scene. great one to watch together and record. Yeah, probably. Would unlike have been. some previous ones that we've watched called. together. That was not guys. Good. When we eventually do stop talking to each other, yeah. it's going to be your <laughs> fault because we watched these god awful movies together. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh. Remember the fucking monkeys and Batman that, Ninja? That oh oh my god! That was that that literally almost broke our friendship. Batman that Man, almost Batman. broke. It really it came close. It came close. <laughs> That movie ended, and you looked at me and said, "What are we doing with our lives?" Yeah, yeah, I I literally did. You did. I I literally did. I actually just deleted it off the the recorder. Oh God, uh, yesterday that was rough. It was a rough one. It was rough. All right, big questions. Big questions for the fifth element. Okay, Uh, big questions. Do you want to start or should I start? I have four. I have three. Why don't you start? Okay, I'll start. Mine are light. Okay. So for, for example, why, why it was never explained away. Why is the space airport just covered in garbage? <laughs> um, like none of that made sense to uh, me. What? So uh, okay, I have a plausible answer. Go for it. Sure. That's what I'm looking for here. Um, all of the trash uh-huh. that is generated on planet Earth uh-huh. is brought to the space airports, oh, where it is put answer. on transport ships and flown to the sun. Where it is thrown into the sun to be destroyed. I like it. I buy it. I just suggest maybe put it in bags. Yeah, you know, like I'm with you. We I'm don't need you. heaps. Yeah, especially when the the plan of the the aliens to infiltrate was to jump into the trash, <laughs> the trash, which posits that the trash was going to be put on the transport to go to the yeah. resort planet. Yep. So that's a little, it's a little bizarre. Yep. So not a good answer, but an answer. Trash needs vacations too. Trash needs vacations. You've been on vacation. You've awesome. seen a lot of trash. I, yeah, you would be surprised the yep. amount of trash that I've seen while on vacation. All right, give me a big question. I'll try to give you a big A. Okay. Uh, the destructor system, for mm-hmm. lack of a better world, word. They call it a, the great evil yeah. in the religion. Yep. So the destructor system. Yes. Does it only happen on Earth? That was the question that I thought of when we were talking. Okay. 
It's targeting Earth. It's targeting Earth, right? For It seems to be for the pure reason because that's where the stones are kept. Yes, but then but the they're taken don't off need to, of Earth. The, the stones are kept there originally to protect them. From being stolen. And then when it becomes a threat that they could be stolen from Earth, they're taken elsewhere. Yes. So in the intervening years, did, does this happen elsewhere in the universe? Okay, let me finish my question because okay, this is why it really doesn't Then I'm going to try to wrap my, my head around so, it. Uh-huh. If so, the movie is depositing that this is how moons are formed. That's another big question of mine. So there should be, just from the start of this movie, there should be no less than three moons in Earth's orbit. We have so many big cues together. Right? This is so cute. Yes, I agree. That's one of my, I I will read you exactly what I wrote down. Is it implied that this is uh, how Earth got its moon? And if so... Why aren't there Why do we only have one moon? Why do we only have... Yes. Now we have two moons. Now we have two moons. But we should um, have, like, hundreds of moons floating around up there, right? Yes, I would imagine. I'm wondering if... But see, I already know I already know how to disprove this. Okay, I'll still say... I'm wondering if the great evil just kind of wanders around the galaxy destroying planets. Right. It does, ha- it does have a conscious and a calling plan because it's able to call Gary Olsen. So, I guess it's able to decide its own targets. I feel like... At one point, it targeted Earth because it had the stones on it. Right. Then they took the stones away. And it stopped targeting Earth? It stopped targeting Earth, but then I think it gave up on finding the stones. And and was like, then I'll just go after the temple because that's where they fire the thing from. Right, and I'll destroy that. If that's the case, where the prophecy came from that every 5,000 years this happens, I don't get where that comes from. It doesn't make any sense, then. Okay. Bummer. Yeah. It's, a, it's still a really well-written movie. It really is. Guys, he invented a religion. Cut At him some 16. slack. At 16? Yeah. Cut yeah. the guy some slack. Yeah. Yeah. All right, here's a big question for you. Sure. Why on... I'll try and give you an answer. Why on God's green earth <laughs> wouldn't Zork, Gary Oldman, check the box for the stones <laughs> when he gets them from the cruise ship after all the shit he gave the terrorists for yeah, not checking their box uh... for the stones. That's like, that should be his rule number one. Open the box, make sure they're in there. Because he gives them he s- gives such them crap. so much crap about it. And then he immediately does the same thing they did. Right. Maybe adrenaline. That, maybe in that last moment, he like had that understanding. Oh, I should have been nice. Should have been nice. I should have been. I get it. I get it now. You know, I'm gonna send them a fruit basket when I get home. <laughs> so I'm gonna bring them to that facility and yeah. reconstruct them. Yeah, exactly. Because mistakes were made, and I'm partially to blame. I get it. <laughs> but that was even one thing that my wife turned to me and said. The, he gets how, on the ship and starts flying away. She goes, "Why wouldn't he?" She should open the box yeah. first. <laughs> I'm like, "Yep." I said, "Babe, I'm already writing it down. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. I got this." Ah, it's so nice that you guys watch these movies together. Yeah, I'm I'm down in uh, I'm down in my in my studio by myself. Long time listeners, now that they know you're so versed in bondage, are wondering if it's yeah. actually a studio. Yeah, <laughs> it is a recording studio. You can treecave.com, guys. You can you can find it treecave.com. And you wear that the silicone orange all the time. Uh, yeah. speedo all thing the all the time. Yeah. Yep, it's my it's my studio attire. It's what sets it's you the, apart. It's the uniform of the studio. <laughs> oh, that's why every time I've come over, you've, you've given it this to me. Just hand yep. one to you. Yep, yep. Okay, big question number two, guys. It's like a giant comical Dennis the Menace my, slingshot. My sense of humor has gotten so much better over the course of our friendship. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. It's yeah. what I it's what I do. 
If I, you can completely regrow a human from a single cell, mm -hmm. minus the skin, like what, what the fuck's with that? Like why can't they regrow the skin? Well, because the body grows its own skin as a defense to the yeah. UV light. Isn't that what they said? They did. That okay. was kind of weird. But if they, you can explain it away. If you can regrow completely regrow a human being yeah, from one with cell. all of their memories from one cell, mm -hmm. who cares if you die? Yeah, no one should. Follow up question. Follow up question. Is everyone in this movie on planet Earth just a regrown clone of themselves? Evidence of this, there are no children. Anywhere in the movie. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God there are no children in this movie. I know, right? That would be very troubling. It would. <laughs> and that would not compute. It would not. Very well. Not compute well. Um, I like this theory. I like what you're depositing here. I, I want to go with yes, because the technology exists. It isn't even groundbreaking to the people who are witnessing it. Right? Like, this is just... This is the way it is, do. yeah. It would also explain the tremendous population of the planet. Um, so I'm going to go with, yes, everyone in the world, or at least a large component of the, component world. Of the world, are just cloned uh, reskins of their former selves. Okay. Um, I, I would imagine there's still a uh, like an economic gatekeeping basic like the guy who um, tries to hold up Corbin at the beginning. Right. I don't think he's forking over the money sure. for immortality. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but and Corbin, we have we hear his mother like he has conversations yep. with his mother. I so. love that his at the, the movie ends with his mom talking to the president. I know, right? Again, all these stories intersecting right. beautifully because so like good. the president was great and the mother was great, and then what do you want? Have them have a conversation, a little conversation. And yeah, they do. They do. Oh. Do you have another big question? Uh, uh, yes. Wind blows. Mm -hmm. Fire burns. Mm -hmm. Rain falls. Lilu never gets out the last line. Earth. <laughs> what Earth. does Earth do? Earth grows things. Does Earth grow things? Sure. Earth just sits there? Earth just sits there. Okay. Earth turns to dust. I get it. In the See, wind. I can't, all the I, is dust in the wind. I can't think of something as poetic as all the others. Wind blows, fire burns, rain falls, earth sits there. How about earth sustains? Ooh, there you I go. I like that. Earth sustains. Earth sustains. Yeah. That's nice. Man, how about if you didn't have that one match? Think that match deserves an Oscar because that really was does. like that was the clutch. most suspenseful Guys, performance. Guys, you never in the light movie. anything on the first try with a match. Like, <sighs> do you think when they did that, it actually did flicker like that? Probably. I mean, because that they, that could yeah. have been some sort of effect they added. No, it was. I think it actually it was flickered. Too perfect. It was. I've seen this movie. I don't know how many times. Every time that match, <laughs> that's because that's the noise of a match yep. going. <laughs> I, I still clench every, yep. every part of me. Um, <gasps> what a great scene. Great. What a great scene yep. at the end with the little... Earth is saved by a match. Earth is saved by a match, some sweat, some dirt, and a guy blowing on it. A guy blowing yeah. on it. Yep. Yep. Great scene. So you, basically, it's the, it's the cure for a scraped knee. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's different ways that you can cure... A scraped knee. You can blow on it. Yep. You can uh, cauterize it with a match. Yep. You can put cooled water on it. Yep. Or you can rub dirt in it. 
So there you go. <laughs> I had a I had a strange childhood, guys. And then Lilu shoots her face beam <laughs> out of the <laughs> temple, I guess. And, face beam. And then turns the the great. I wrote that. I have that beam? as a note. Face beam. Face beam. Face beam. Face beam. Um. Yeah. What, what is Lilu? Because. <laughs> I think they're positing that Lilu is like what we have understood in history uh-huh. to be an angel? like no, like um Muhammad or okay. or or Jesus. Do you or think like the Maccabees? This is how I read the movie. Right. Um were the Maccabees supposed to be divine? No, they were they weren't you're divine. Totally beyond me at this point. Um if you need to know anything about the TV show Gargoyles, I can fill you in on that <laughs> one. But uh <laughs> Uh, or Zoids, pretty or good Zoids, that one, too. Yeah. Um, the way I always read the movie was... She's divine. She's some kind of divine entity. Sure. But whatever her true form was... Was not Before it got blown up in the, yeah. in the first terrorist attack, um, it wasn't a human-esque shape. Yeah. But yep. that, that machine can only make humans. So it was, right. it was creating a, a human version. She had an extra strand of DNA. Yeah. So, like, before she got That's blown they, up, yeah, she didn't she looked, look like She that. looked like something entirely different. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yet still humanoid. Yes. Because yeah, her yeah, sarcophagus yeah. thing was, was humanoid human. in shape. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, originally she looked like the, the opera singer somewhat like that. Because the sarcophagus kind of looks Oh, yeah. Looks a little like, bit it does like, kind of look like, like that. Her. Yep. Yeah. Like, it would house okay. yeah. her uh, yeah. tendrils. Yep. Yeah. They're like uh, Twi'leks in, in Star Wars. Sure. That's another one I can tell you about. Star Wars. Star Wars. I can't tell you about the other stuff. Yep. You have any other big questions? I do. I have one left. Okay. Okay. Did Corbin Dallas yes. actually die with his unit and the entire movie is just one giant Jacob's Ladder scenario? You're asking the wrong guy. You got to ask Jason Manzoukas <laughs> this question. Um, <laughs> I know, right? I I want to say no, only because, well, mainly because I want to say no, right? But also because that would be too much stuff that he's inventing, and I can't give Corbin Dallas that much. Well, credit. he's looking for perfection. He is looking for perfection, but he sees things from Zork's point of view, and he sees things. No, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. Oh, well, we see. We things. we see we things. See we Zorg's in the movie we gotcha, see things. Gotcha. From, from, yeah, because remember, he's not okay, even aware yeah. Zorg exists. He doesn't know where Zorg exists. So yeah, okay, yeah. I see what you're saying with that. Now, you said that's your last big question. That's my last big. No, question. No, you had another big question that you asked me, and I want you to ask our long-time listeners. I did because you blew my mind when you asked it. I don't. I didn't write it down. I, I, just What's the opera singer's name? Oh, probably. <laughs> What was her plan for getting the stones what out? What was Plava Laguna's plan for getting the stones out of her? Yeah. Was, That's a great question. She, <laughs> that was like a throwaway that I asked you before we turned on the mic. Well, it made um, me almost not <laughs> say one of my raves of saying how well written this movie was because it did make me go, God damn it, what was her what plan? What was her plan for getting the stones Thank out God of her? Thank God she got shot in the gut. And, and, and McLean was there to reach in and pull the stones out. Yeah. Was she going to... To defecate them out of her body. They're the also. They're also large. They are stones. large stones. Yeah, I mean, they they're are. not boulders. If you haven't seen the movie, they're not boulders, but they're they probably are, roughly the size of a 
bowling pin. Uh, yeah. And 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 uh, angular. Yeah. And these things were just sitting in her. Sitting in her. And she sings beautifully. Yeah. You'd think she wouldn't have the diaphragm strength I, with, yeah. you know. What was the plan for I would say considerably monitor? 11 pounds of solid stone in her gut. Oh, easy. Easy. I mean, she... They look like a, if you, before you topple them, they look like a, a Jenga uh, tower. They do. Yeah. They're beautiful. I've seen, I think, someone somewhere on the internet makes them as, like, um, garden lights, like, to line to line your garden path. Oh, that's I would love to get those great. someday. Guys, long-time listeners, if you're still looking for a great Christmas gift for me, uh, <laughs> the obviously the Sequest DSP blueprint uh, still really waiting in the mail for that one. down with that one. But uh, the, the fifth element, uh, garden lights, awesome. Um... You asked, that's, that's like to me the perfect big question because I think about it and I go, pew, my head just, pew, I have no idea what her plan was to yeah. get this out. She is an Thank alien. You. Maybe she had some sort of phasing ability that she, she could do. She seemed to be like made out of rubber. Yeah. Like I, I know that like the actor is wearing a costume, but mm -hmm. it seemed to be posited that that rubber costume was actually her skin. Yeah, it almost seemed to be like a, a, one of those rubber bondage suits to bring it back <laughs> uh, to that. That scene from the first time I saw that movie, whenever it was, that's it the scene that always that it didn't mess me up, but it it, just, like, it, it stuck with me. Yeah, just reaching in the guts, yep. and pulling out the stones. What was you the thought she smelled bad on the outside? Oh. What was the plan? What was the plan? Like, just keep them in a box. Like, <laughs> no one checks to see if things are in boxes. Just carry around like five boxes. Five, yeah. Chances are pretty good that it's, you're going to uh, save it. It's basically, you, so what you're saying is just play the shell game that you just find on the, the side of, on the side of play the shell game. On the side of New York Street Corner. Yeah. What was the plan to get yeah. the stones out? Wow, thank you. That was just literally off the cuff. Sure puts kidney stones into perspective. It really does. <laughs> yep. I think that's... Imagine if you had to get gut shot every time you had a kidney stone. Oh, my God. Imagine if, if to get kidney stones out, you first had to swallow a match. Then you had to swallow air. Then yeah. you had to swallow dirt. Like, and just... <laughs> and then get shot in the stomach. And then get shot in the stomach and have Bruce Willis reach in and pull him out. Yeah. Oh, man. Did I think that's a great, great place, place to end, end on our fifth I element just, discussion. I just have uh, one uh, PSA. Okay. Um, Lilu cosplayers. Sure. Just, just stop. It is one wardrobe malfunction after another. Save yourself. Which one? The the, the, the bandage the one? The bandage one. Okay. It is. I've... In all my cons, I don't think I've seen a Lilu one. Yet. Oh, I have. I've seen two Lilu cosplayers, one male, one female, yeah. and it has not ended well either time for them. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Um, I'll just recommend duct tape because that'll stay put. Yeah. That's a... That'll stay put. That's true. Yeah. So if Is you... that your recommendation for this episode? Sure. Duct tape. <laughs> In, in every capacity. Just duct tape. Uh, now I'm going to get some of this sweet, sweet duct tape money. It's coming in. Oh, man. If only. Yeah. Does that bring us to Shades and Sketch Recommendations? I have another recommendation other than duct tape. Okay. Although sure. I will recommend duct tape. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, give me enough duct tape and I can build you a house. Um, F side note, my first proton pack, which I talked about, was built out of essentially all duct tape. Um... And WD-40. If it needs to stay yeah. put, duct tape. If it needs to move, WD-40. WD You're done. That's all you I need. I prefer PBR Brick Blaster, yeah, quite frankly. You do sound like the kind of guy that would appreciate PBR. PBR Brick Blaster. Brick Blaster and are morally, Basically consciously just opposed WD40 to the guys. question of what religion to put on a form. Whatever. <laughs> all right. Um, I am going to recommend... They loved me at my Catholic school. I'm sure they did. 
I am sure they did. Yep. They earned that meager paycheck they when did. you went through that school. Um, I'm going to recommend a podcast because chances are you enjoy podcasts. Yes, if, if you're, you're listening. listening to this show. Um, I'm going to recommend one I'm really hooked on right now. It's called Unobscured. Okay. It is done by the same guy who does another podcast I recommended once called Lore. Oh, where he yeah. does deep dives into folklore from across the world and across time. And uh, in, in Unobscured, it's kind of set up a little bit more like uh, these, these true crime podcasts that are very popular right mm -hmm. now. And so uh, each season uh, is going to take a very intimate and in-depth look at a dark time in human history. And uh, season one is starting off with the Salem Witch Trial. Ooh. And it is fascinating. Uh, it's scary because, like, it's truly scary because obviously witchcraft isn't real. Sorry for right. spoiling that, but it's scary to oh. see what can happen. You know, millions of Wiccans all over the world are just tuned just tuned out, out, unsubscribed. Sorry, yep. guys. And the French Wiccan oh. are pissed at me. They are, um, they are, they are putting uh, a spell on you. Right yep, now. they are. Uh, but it, it's just it, it's it's so captivating to listen to him talk about. Not only just the trial, but the world that was existing at that time. Because it's so easy to forget that, like, history doesn't happen, like, in a vacuum. Right. An event isn't an isolated event. I say this ever. all the time. Yeah. yeah. That you have to, you have to look at, like, why did it happen? Where did this come from? Why can people believe this? And he does a great job of, of really zooming in on the, on the specifics. All but the also things. taking the step back and broadening your perspective so you can see, like... Sure. This is why it's crazy. This is why it's scary that this can happen. Because yeah. when you take a step back, you realize, oh, right. this stuff can happen. Oh, shit. We could yeah. literally kill people over this. Right. And feel justified. And do. Um, and do. Many times. And, 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 and there are so many parallels, even though we're talking about something that took place in the 1600s, to things that continue to happen these days which we are in many parts of the world still arguing about absolutely uh so i will recommend unobscured if you like history podcasts if you like um like these the true crime kind of podcasts uh if you just like compelling storytelling and it just so happens that the story is 100 factual i would check out unobscured by aaron Mankey. great uh, recommendation. Thank you. I am also going to recommend a podcast. Ooh, guys, but keep tuning in to ours. Yeah, yeah, please do. Uh, I, it's called the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Okay. Uh, hosted by Brad Rohr and Chuck Staten. It is That's probably a, where they got the name from. It is, yeah. Oh. And it is a, uh, a podcast about pop culture, comedy, friendship, and true events. Uh, nice. It's kind of chronicling the, the just zany adventures of their lives and uh, all of the things that they love to watch and consume. Uh, they recently just came off of a whirlwind uh, Rhode Island Comic Con uh, weekend where they hosted a bunch of panels for uh, Billy Zane and the Phantom. Wow. Um, they were, uh, they did another, uh, hosted another panel on, um, for The Office. Oh, nice. uh, they uh, got to moderate panel for it. It's a great episode of the podcast to listen to. Uh, you can also hear the story about how they were fired by Meatloaf moments before taking the stage. Nice. Uh, so Chuck and Brad podcast, they're uh, on episode 340 oh something. Uh, but this is a good place to start. Okay. Their, their latest episode. Because... Uh, <laughs> 
I think I played this like 340 something. <laughs> I, I believe I appeared uh, on episode 218. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't know you were in it. I think I think I was on episode. I think that's what it was. And just to be clear, you're telling everyone to skip that episode. Skip that episode. Start, okay. start on the most recent. Start it's a now. Great place to start. Everything else is backstory. They're oh, really they, good. they've really worked out the kinks at this point. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, Chuck and Brad podcast. Awesome. Uh, yeah. All right. Two podcast recommendations. Two podcasts. Well, before we, uh, we pack up the what GoCo. Gonna, what are you going to take? I. I'm 100% taking one of these ZF1s. What's the ZF1? Uh, the Swiss Army the, gun. Oh, the Swiss Army gun. Oh, my the God. ZF1. It is so cool. Oh. Fully impractical this day and age. Totally but impractical. It's just going to look great uh, on the mantle. Poor choice, my friend. I am taking uh, one of these uh, flying cruiser, uh, police cruisers. You want the police cruiser, not uh, the cab? Not the cab. I want okay. the police cruiser. Mm-hmm. Another for the, the, the geeking L- out garage. The garage, yeah. The old gog. Yeah, sure. No, we'll work on that. We'll, we'll work on the name. Yeah. Whatever you do, please do not push this button. Uh, I will say which one? the red one on the bottom. The red one on the bottom. You mean this one? First thing we're gonna do is gonna put a piece of duct tape right over it. <laughs> Fixes everything. Hey guys, um, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for uh, writing in. Those of you who've been writing in, uh, we do have uh, one Ghostbuster poster left from our uh, Ghostbuster giveaway. If you didn't listen to that minisode, you can go back and find um, our uh, four questions that you need to email into the show. And we will uh, get you your prize out to you. Very cool. Um, you can find us uh, on a number of platforms all at this over point. The place. We're all over the place. You have platform of choice. But we would appreciate it if you would kindly leave us a rating and review. It does, believe it or not, make the biggest difference in boosting the profile of this show. And how we feel. And our friendship. Yes. <laughs> Please, please leave comments on our friendship. This thing is over, guys. And we will evaluate it and bring the comments to our couple's therapist. And, and I will I will tell Sketch why he's wrong. Yep. No, not just you me. Can, I'll tell everybody. I'll tell everybody why yeah. I'm wrong. Uh, you can write into the show at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com. You can't find us on Facebook. Just search Geeking Out with we Shades and Sketch. We are on Twitter. At we are on Twitter. Go with Shades and Sketch. But. Yes. We've made individual accounts. accounts, too. So you can find me at Gopher Sketch. And you can find me at Gopher Shades. And uh, follow the hilarity and hijinks that ensues. And uh, you might have noticed that recently I've been uh, making some artwork for each episode that yes. comes out. I am uh, I'm looking to, to do our back catalog and uh, do some posters for some of our previous episodes. So uh, if you have a suggestion, which one do you think I should tackle first, oh, or yeah. second, or fifth, or whatever, uh, tweet me, Facebook us, whatever. I'm, uh, I can't wait to see uh, what you do for Knight Rider. Yeah, so. I've been thinking about that one. <laughs> um, one of us has to be the Hoff. Well, I think it's just all perms. It's just all perms. It's all just perms the, the, everywhere. It's the hairiest picture I've ever drawn. <laughs> yes. So. All right. Uh, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, let's get out of here. It's gross and it overly sexual around here. Back to the GoCo. Back to the GoCo and see you next time. On Try Next Place. See ya.